Welcome to the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel powered by InsideTexas.com. I'm Joe Cook. I'm joined by Eric Nalene, our managing partner. And we're getting closer and closer, just two days away until toe meets leather in the Superdome. And we finally get to see the Longhorns take on the Huskies in the college football playoff. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, you know, my kid asks me every day, is it, is it the day for the game or, or what? He's like, well, are we in New Orleans yet? You know, is it Monday? It's like, what's today? So he's learning his days. He's, he's, he's quite young. So he's learning his days uh, through this, uh, through the waiting period of this game. But I can't wait on the road tomorrow. Um, sounds like uh, sounds like the team's already in, in, in game day mode, or, or at least as far as the media goes. Joe, you met with the media this morning, or Sark met with the media this morning. The players met with the media. What were your takeaways uh, from from your activities? You know, this is an opportunity to talk to a lot of players who may not get made available. Um, my my big takeaway was I got to talk to C.J. Baxter and to, to Shard Choice. We got to talk to assistant coaches as well. And it, it just because he was kind of Jonathan Brooks's understudy, he would make plays, but he wasn't making all the plays. We didn't get a chance to talk to him this year until that Iowa State game where he had 100 yards. He's a great – like he is a calm – collected like he's got a presence he, the there are they're not the same player stylistically on the field but I can see why you know people thought about Bijan when they saw CJ Baxter like he's got that personality and also uh he to charge Joyce kind of joked about he's too nice sometimes I need him to be mean I need him to yeah. uh, be a, a tough running back and and but both really talked a lot about the development that uh, CJ has gone through this year. He didn't have, I don't think he had a single zone running play in high school. He had to learn how to do that. And uh, Coach Choice was just effusive in his praise uh, about Cedric Baxter, who we're going to see uh, take a lot of the carries uh, on, on Monday against, against the Huskies. The other uh, good uh, tidbit, um, I got to talk to uh, Jaron Thompson. Uh, he's, from, he's from Lufkin, Texas. Um, and he kind of spoke a little bit about how at Lufkin, some of the coverages that Texas runs now ran with Chris Ash and now run with Pete Kwiatkowski. They did a little bit of it. And I was I was a little bit surprised by that because um, I, I guess I just don't know how prevalent some of these coverages are at the high school level. But that tells me that Jaron Thompson's been in there for a long time in that system. And he's really excited to go up against Jalen Polk, uh, the Washington yeah. wide receiver who's also from Lufkin. So uh, this is really fun. Uh, Texas doesn't make uh, have these style uh, of media availabilities, and uh, it was good to talk to a lot of different players. I talked to a lot of players about Christian Jones uh, just to see, you know, what it's like being in the same locker room as a six-year guy and everybody from someone like Max Merrill, who hasn't seen the field, to Kelvin Banks, who's going to be a draft pick, to Kyle Flood all had great praise for for Christian Jones, who's going to be in the Senior Bowl and hear his name called in the NFL draft at some point. Yeah, as guys in the media, we're, we're spoiled this week with all the access. You know, we understand why Sark operates the way he does. He wants to be the tip of the spear. He's the, he's the singular voice for the program. Uh, but it's nice to have access to the coaches and these players. You get to hear a lot more about their stories, how, how some of them are adapting in their first year. I know there's some Fan speculation of just how talented C.J. Baxter is because he hasn't quite hit his stride. You know, we've seen hints of it here and there. Uh, that touchdown run from about 10 yards out versus uh, U of H was NFL-level stuff. Uh, but he's going to be – as Joe just Joe just added some a dimension there that, yeah, you can see that he's perhaps a little timid, still growing into his college self. Uh, he's going to be a grown man next year. He's going to play above 220 or right around 220. 
Uh, he's going to be a lot more confident in, in where he's running, where he's supposed to go. As Joe said, he, he's not used to running zone. Uh, zone has a lot of different cutbacks. There's a lot of nuance to it. It's not just, uh, hey, you're going to run it here like in a gap scheme. Uh, so confidence, strength, uh, he's going to be a different running back. However, they're going to need him ready on uh, on, on Monday night. Uh, now, I think Jaden Blue, did you talk to Jaden Blue? I think Jaden Blue is going to have a chance for a big breakout. He was there. Um, I didn't get a chance to, to speak with him, uh, but it, it's going to be definitely a, a factor in, in that game. Just because when you see him run, what, 22, 23 miles an hour, that's not a guy you can see run by you that fast and be like, yeah, we're going to limit his production. You know, that's someone that you get give opportunities to. And I think after that tech game, of course, you know, necessity uh, dictated that with Jonathan Brooks's injury. But after that tech game, you know, you saw Jaden Blue get opportunities in against Oklahoma State, caught a touchdown. Um, you even saw, you know, even going back further, Jaden Blue was the guy who was running the, the clock out against Iowa State. So yeah. there is a level of trust, I feel like, with him. Um, I did see somebody else ask Jaden Blue about Matthew Golden, a uh, couple Klein Kane boys uh, who are going to be suiting up in burnt orange together next year. Uh, but he, th this team, they didn't really want to focus on those, I guess, other uh, topics uh, to yeah. say. They're really focused on getting ready for Washington and uh, to, uh, taking the next step into the college football playoff. But, Eric, there was one other available player uh, that – for someone who has never taken a snap, probably had the most media around him today. We had uh, mm. Steve Hable talking to Arch Manning. And, you know, you you nailed the, the Arch Manning recruitment over on Inside Texas every step of the way. And all the things that he talked that you talked about, the city, the school environment, all that different stuff. He spoke about that today and how uh, being in Austin was a big deal. And he joked like, you know what, if I wasn't playing football, I, I'd want to go to Texas. I don't know if I'd get in, but I'd want to go to I'd yeah. want to go to Texas still. All the stuff that Arch uh, that we that you reported on during Arch's recruitment, he said himself. And then he also said something else that I think you, you're appreciative of. He's like, I'm I'm just a normal kid, yeah, you know, just a college kid losing his ID and uh, you know just doing regular college kid stuff. He's just got the last name of Manning attached to him. Yeah, I mean, that was how we kind of got that recruitment right is we had that profile of him built out. Um, what he's saying, you can kind of stencil over what we had written in the past past few years. Uh, him being such a normal kid wanting to blend in. Austin's a lot easier place to blend in than Athens, Georgia, or some of these smaller college towns. Uh, and then, yeah, he is just a normal guy. That's why he's always he's, he fits in wherever he goes. He's unassuming. Uh, he just wants to be one of the guys. Uh, he's as normal as they come. It's a credit to the Mannings. I, I developed a great appreciation for that family that I didn't have before then. Uh, as I got to know Arch through, you know, countless different sources. I don't know Arch, but I got to know him. It feels like I know him just through talking to so many people from his peers that are in his age group, uh, from people that are his father's age group. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait to see what he, what he brings in the future. But right now, the future is now for Texas football. Hopefully we don't see Arch unless it's uh, taking some kneels late in the game like we saw in the Big 12 championship. And he said the same thing. You know, I'm a play away, but I, I, I don't really want to – go yeah. in there because that means something probably happened to Quinn and we don't need to go down that road. The one funny thing he, he did say, you know, he's going to get asked about NIL. He said, yeah, my dad handles that. I don't really take yeah. care of that. Um, and then the other, the other one was uh, he got sent that clip of, or that picture of Brock Purdy, uh, you know, making his salary and what uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, 
Arch's salary. It's like, yeah, that, that's that's not the case. So right, yeah. Um, that's, that, that, any public NIL numbers are usually garbage. I mean, just throw them out well with the trash. So we got a few more things to talk about before we get there. We're gonna mention our friend Andre the lawyer. Uh, Andre the lawyer never takes more than their clients. No win, no pay, no upfront cost. His principal office is in Dallas, Texas, and he's been representing injured Longhorns throughout Texas. Every client gets a personalized text message number so they can contact the team and get direct access to the lawyer all day and all night. Longtime Inside Texas user, Andre the lawyer at 214-444-8808, whether it's car wrecks, 18-wheeler accidents, slips and falls, on-the-job injuries, or wrongful death. Andre the lawyer at 214-444-8808. Eric, you posted on Inside Texas a little bit earlier on Saturday about this team as they should be. You know, they're 12-1, and one, uh, Big 12 champs in the college football playoff. They're confident, and it's not just, you know, being there that has them confident, but uh, a lot of aspects of how they've been preparing for, for the Huskies that has them feeling pretty good as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've been a confident bunch. You had to be confident just to go into Tuscaloosa and win. And then when you when you come out of Tuscaloosa with that win, it's going to inspire even more confidence. But, you know, they had some ups and downs throughout the season. I think some of the confidence stems from overcoming some of the, uh, uh, you know, from the setbacks they had within games. You know, they had to overcome, you know, what the other teams were doing. A lot of times they had to overcome their own uh, poor execution or injuries. Uh, that that's, that's built confidence. And then, you know, the last couple of games, you know, winning in the fashion that they have, yeah, they're on. They're they're kind of riding a high right now. But you know, I think right now the ultimate level of confidence stems from their uh, amount of preparation. This is a team that has a lot of confidence in the coaches, a lot of confidence in the game plan, uh, and they're preparing the right way. And you know, when you're prepared, it's it's kind of like going on doing one of these videos, Joe. If we freestyle, we're you know we're not going to do nearly as well. But when we when we're on script, we perform a lot better. So I think that they're they're very well prepared, uh, and I think they're going to play quite well on Monday night. We've heard so much because, you know, we, we hear about Steve Sarkeesian and culture and how important that was. It's been a theme all week. But then when ESPN and the New York Times and, you know, any, any other outlet comes in, they start asking the questions that we've been asking all year. But the culture is extremely relevant to this team and to how successful they've been. And, and that's part of why. I think you mentioned that they've been so confident is that they have confidence in each other that hasn't always been there in the past. You know, I mean, this, yeah, everybody's kind of getting uh, hip to the culture aspect of it, but you know, we've been covering that since uh, after the five and seven debacle that they're still reaping the benefits of the, the, the team they started to put in place, you know, two off seasons ago, that winter where, you know, Bijan and Roshan, a bunch of guys started taking leadership roles. A lot of the guys that are leaders now started to find their leadership voice. Uh, the culture really started to be mended back then, and then it, it carried over into the, in the, the most recent offseason. They had to replace, of course, Bijan, Rochon, and some others. Uh, but they, you know, Sark has, has fostered a very good uh, environment that inspires leadership, that inspires accountability. Um, and it's something we've been chronicling for, you know, over two years now. Uh, this is kind of, you know, we're not surprised by the team that they have before us. Uh, it was nice to see it actually come into, come all, all, all of it come together. You never know if it's going to come together and buttoned up as nicely as it has. Uh, but this has all been – this didn't it just happen overnight. This is Steve Sarkeesian benefiting from the work he's been doing for years. And they're – you know, this – what's kind of these last couple days look like? They had, they do have a practice this afternoon uh, on Saturday. Uh, they do – and then I guess that may be about it until it's time to suit up unless they have a walkthrough on Sunday and to celebrate the new year. You know, I imagine they will have a walkthrough. They had walkthroughs on Fridays, you know, the Fridays before the Saturday game. So I imagine they'll have a walkthrough team meal – 
Uh, Sark, Sark likes his routines the way they have been. And so today, I don't think today is going to be all that physical. Um, you know, they're still still excited that the team is healthy, as healthy as it is, but you don't want to make, take any last-second chances. I'm sure they'll work on tackling fundamentals because tackling is going to be a big aspect of this game. Going to keep the wide receivers in front of them. And the best way to do that, limit yards after the catch and hit them hard, you know, drop them where they catch it is going to be a big focal point about uh, of the game. So they're, they're going to have to do, you know, some drills in order to, to, to keep the rust off. But, yeah, I think they're going to kind of coast through uh, as from a physical standpoint. And from here on out, it's going to be uh, more mental than anything. We got one more topic to, to hit on. Uh, yesterday on Inside Texas, you reported that Johnny Nansen, who is the Arizona defensive coordinator and a longtime uh, a friend of Sark's dating back to his Washington days, is a candidate for the vacant linebacker coaching role. Uh, Jeff Choate going to Nevada, taking a couple of Texas off-field analysts with them, like Payam Sadat and Jack Smith. Uh, but Texas is going to have a, a linebacker coaching vacancy basically as soon as the season's over, no matter what that looks like. And uh, this is someone who is within Sarkeesian's network, but also brings a lot of different aspects to uh, uh, a, a coaching room, uh, should he be the guy that Sarkeesian follows through with. Yeah, let me well, before we get into him, you, you actually raised a good point, maybe inadvertently. But, you know, Jeff Chode has taken three uh, assistants uh, from the support staff with him to Texas. That tells you the type of guys that Sark is bringing in just in those roles that kind of go unheralded. Um, you know, if Choate's been around those guys for a year or two, he's going to see how, how qualified they are to, to actually go out and, and be on a uh, on a full nine man, 10 man staff. Uh, so credit to Sark putting putting those pieces together in place. Those guys are unsung heroes. But yeah, uh, you know, Nansen and Sark go back a long ways. He was on, uh, Jan Johnny Nansen was on Sark's uh, first staff at Washington. I imagine they were close before then. I'm, I don't know the, those details, but you can imagine that Sark taking a guy from Idaho, knew him quite well, maybe from the recruiting trail or word of mouth networking. Uh, and then uh, Nansen followed him to UW. He's had multiple roles uh, on Sark's staff. And normally when you see a guy having multiple roles, Maybe his uh, ultimate value is, is you just want him on staff, probably for recruiting purposes. And Johnny Nansen is one of the best recruiters in the country out west uh, going back over a decade now. He's got a great reputation as a recruiter. He's a closer. He's a volume recruiter. It's, it's not about just his position. Uh, he's a guy, if he ends up on staff, Clark is going to let him loose in Southern California like he lets Tashard Choice loose in the southeast, like he lets Terry Joseph loose in Louisiana. Uh, he's a volume recruiter. And, you know, in most recent years, he's, he's become well-known as a coach. Is the, the work he's done at Arizona as defense coordinator in short order is, is uh, borderline miraculous. Uh, so he would fit in well as an inside linebacker. Of course, he would be co-DC just as Choate was. It's not it's not a demotion in that way from DC to, to linebacker coach. Uh, obviously, there would be a, a large pay increase to make $750,000 a year at Arizona. Uh, he, you know, he's he's going to be well compensated no matter where he goes, but it's going to be tough to match Texas if they're fully motivated to land him. So there's a whole lot of things that make sense with this one. And then to top it all off, his daughter is a freshman at, at uh, the University of Texas. So this one seems like it makes a lot of sense. And uh, we'll see if it, if the if it fall if it goes through. It's kind of interesting looking at his uh, career path. You know, he played at Washington State, was a linebacker there. Uh, quick stop in high school. At Washington State, he was there for a year. He overlapped for a year with uh, Jeff Banks. So there's already a connection there. Um, you know, Montana State, Idaho State, Idaho, Washington, USC, UCLA, Arizona. This guy's been a, a Pac-12 lifer and you know, similar to how Steve Sarkeesian plucked um, Pete Kwiatkowski back when he was making his original staff, plucked a Pacific Northwest Pac-12 lifer, is targeting one here again. 
Um, also, just looking at uh, you know just the experience, like going back with Sarkeesian. Sarkeesian knows what uh, he offers, uh, knows what he brings, and um, like you said, that co-DC titles aren't going to mean a whole lot when you're looking at this. He's going to be – the dollar figures are going to be what says that this is not a, a lateral move or a demotion yeah. should it come to fruition. And, yeah, he's he's also, in addition to being that good recruiter, like Arizona under Jed Fish, they were pretty mediocre on defense, I think, in that first year, and that, that may be being nice to them. They've got some athletes on that defense, and they were uh, very effective in making life tough for – uh, Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. So uh, coaching well, chops. Six turnovers. Four, six turnovers. I mean, some of that's benefit from, you know, playing a, a, a quarterback getting his first start. But, yeah, that was – I was watching that game with a little extra intent, knowing that Nansen – I was going to uh, mention Nansen the following day. We didn't want to mention him prior. I didn't want to give him a distraction before he had his bowl game. Uh, but once that game was over, yeah, why not? Throw it out there. Let's see. West Coast helps. Also, can't discount this. He was born in Samoa, lived in American Samoa. Uh, yeah. You know, not only does he have just West Coast connections, but that's a, that's a living room connection that Texas hasn't had in a certain sense in some time. So, a uh, lot of different uh, aspects to the profile of Johnny Nansen. Uh, of course, we'll we'll be updating this constantly over on InsideTexas.com. Eric, anything else uh, you want to touch on before we get out of here? No, I think, you know, we'll have a few more shows up leading up into the game. I'm uh, still going to be working the phones, trying to figure out any last uh, team team information information to post. We have a post up. Uh, the Insider Report is much more thorough than what we uh, went into detail on today. Uh, make sure you sign up, InsideTexas.com. Learn it, know it, become it. It's the place to be for this playoff run. Eric, thank you so much. we got to thank Andre the Lawyer for sponsoring us again. Uh, we will see you next time on Inside Texas.